comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. You're listening to the Jersey Shore Podcast. Welcome to Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey, joined as usual by... Pierce. Hey, guys. So tonight we're going to talk about a show called Ruby. R-W-B-Y. It is a new program from Rooster Teeth Productions, roosterteeth.com. They're the guys who make Red vs. Blue, Achievement Hunter, this... Made Red vs. Blue? Is it over or my No, no, they still, they still make still, it. They're still... Oh, okay. they still make it. I yeah, think I, like season I said, 11 just ended, I think. 11, wow. I gave up when it started to get serious. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we have to save the world. Oh, I don't really care. I want more warthogs and boomas and making up animals. They're also in the podcasting arena with the Rooster Teeth podcast. Podcast yep. with um, the patch and with the occasional spoiler cast. And what was the thing that you showed me with the five pound gummy bear where the dude just puked for like that was a behind the scenes like thing of them. It was a dare, and they it, okay. they do lots of behind the scenes stuff. Very funny people. I, I watch a lot that of their was stuff. So weird. They do lots of let's plays and Grand Theft Auto and I Minecraft think you showed me the, and, their play of uh, Slender too. Slender, yeah, that was pretty Where funny. one was controlling the mouse, one was controlling the keyboard or whatever. Yeah, they, yeah, that was interesting. But so I'm a big fan. I don't know, like you said, you stopped watching Red vs. Blue a while ago, and I, I'm, I'm behind on Red vs. Blue. I, I would say, yeah, I, I'm familiar. I wouldn't say I'm a fan just because, you know, fan usually denotes that, you know, you f- actively follow what they're doing. I, you know, I enjoyed Red vs. Blue. I Even today when I knew we were going to be talking about this, you know, I was at work by myself, and I was quoting, you know, early Red vs. Blue by myself. Why don't, why don't we call the Puma? Well, stop making up animals. You know, like, that whole that whole monologue. I was, you know, and the whole pink. It's not pink. It's light red. Yeah, they have a name for that. It's pink. You know, so, I'm not going to bore listeners with all these quotes, but Red vs. Blue, look it up. But, yeah, so this is their new thing, not done by the Red vs. Blue guys, right? This is a new subset of people. Well, kind of. So, I believe the director of season 10 of Red vs. Blue, he's been with the company for a little while now, but uh, Monty Ohm, I believe he was the director of season 10 of Red vs. Blue, and then he came to Bernie Burns, who's one of the main guys of the company, and said, I've got an idea for this new series that I want to do, completely brand new, it would be owned by us, etc. And so it was him, Carrie, and Miles, two other guys who worked there, who kind of developed this this show called Ruby, which is red, white, black, yellow, as yeah. you pointed out. Which is what we knew it as before it came out, right? Because we... Yeah, they, we they started were... releasing trailers like six months to a year ago, or just yeah. be like one of the four main characters, red, white, black, yeah. and yellow. Um, in an action sequence, yeah. Yes, for the most part, yes. Yeah. And so, I, you know, the first one I saw was Ruby. It was the first show they put out. I was like, this is this is really cool. It's very anime style, which is not my thing, but the action and, and um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The choreography. Uh, choreography. Yeah, I'm like, whatever choreography, choreography is for action sequences, yes. Yeah, and well, action choreography. Yeah. So it's a, it's a CG, 3D world made using this software called Poser, which allows them to take characters, import them, and, and make all these animations. It is anime-styled. It is not an anime. Do not say that because the internet will get very mad at you. It's made in the U.S., therefore... It's an anime. It's, it's not, an American anime. It's not Japanese animation, therefore it is not anime. But it's done in the style of an anime. And it focuses on four main characters. You have Ruby Rose, who's red. Yep. You have Waishni, who is white. It actually translates in, from 
from German into English as White Snow. So Snow White, yeah. Ruby is is Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. You have Blake Belladonna, who is black, who is... That is her color. She is not herself black. She's kind of modeled on Beauty from Beauty and the Beast, Bella. Or Belle, I guess, technically. And then you have Yang Zhao Long, who's based on Goldilocks, like from Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Similarly, you made some allusions as we watched this to um, Sailor Moon or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And for me, it's one of these things where I saw the first trailer, I was like, this looks awesome. Not my thing, usually, but the, the choreography, the action looks really neat. The main character's got this sniper scythe, yeah. which is a transforming weapon, and she's fighting werewolves and crap, and it just looked really neat. So I kept watching the trailers, and then finally the series came out. It debuted in July. Yeah. And as we record this, 11 episodes are out. I've seen all 11. You've seen 10 now. Yeah. And I was watching, and I was like, okay, it's all right. It's, again, still not really my thing. It's got a lot of that anime influence. Anime plotting and mannerisms that aren't really my thing. It just doesn't work for me. Then we get to episode 8. And episode 8, which I watched with you tonight, has just like this incredible action sequence Really got into a couple characters yeah. that really am- amused me quite a bit. Like, uh, I keep forgetting Nora. I keep forgetting Nora. that name. Which, again, normally would be outside my wheelhouse, but for some reason in the show, she really cracks me up. So now I'm kind of into it. Yeah, let me let me get back to I knew you were very passionate about this. Well, not passionate about but very into the show. Um, I, I, I am now. It took me a few episodes to get yeah. into it, but which, for whatever say, reason, it yeah. grabbed me. I, don't I, I'm, I was very surprised as I started watching it today because I'm just like... This is very formulaic, and granted, what is unique about it is the action sequence, the combat sequence. Formulaic in that it's using well-known stereotypes well, to okay. so, give basic character, character archetypes, basically, yeah. and then building off um, of those. So, let's use Power Rangers, because that's the quintessential form. The red character is usually, and always, the leader. The black character is usually the, you know, a little bit more standoffish. You know, then you have the yellow character, which is usually just more the, the fun offbeat, you know, whatever. Blue is usually the tech guy. Right? Blue is usually the intelligent one. White usually tends to be the pristine, elite kind of one, you know, so that kind of tends to develop in those themes. It's their starting um, position. Yeah, and green tends to be the, like, the lone, you know, individual, going back to the green Power Ranger and all Who that became stuff. the White Ranger. Who became the White Ranger. So again, you know, the lone and elite. And, and this show is so quintessentially that. The red person is the leader. Like, the white... Eventually. Yeah. Not a natural leader, I wouldn't say. I'd say this is a character that's been put in the leadership oh, position. Really? See, I would say natural. I, the moment she got to the school, I'm like, this is obviously the leader character. Oh, quite possibly. It's been, so, it's been weeks since I saw that. Oh, yeah, yeah, Months, actually. So. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, my point just being, like, it very much follows that. And we can go to the Turtles reference, too, where, you know, just as Leo and Raph were constantly fighting over who was in control, White and Red are fighting back and forth about who's, you know, going to be the one leading. And, you know, that kind of gets resolved in this. But it was it was very formulaic, and I knew that you didn't like that. And and you went on to explain it's not so much the character formula, it's the episode formula. Uh, uh, yeah, it's for me, the thing I didn't like about Power Rangers, and I was always a big Power Rangers fan as a yeah, kid, yeah. but even as a kid I could go, wait a second, every episode is literally exactly the same. It is it's the same. literally the same episode. It is formula, in terms of plot structure, the same every single episode. And that extends for a lot of Japanese um, imports, actually. And a lot of that's because they re-edited it for American audiences, and so a lot of it gets lost in the translation. But it was like, okay, so... They're just doing their thing. Small monster comes down. They fight it. They lose to it. They come back. They fight it again. They beat it. Small monster gets big. They lose to it as little. Awesome so they bring their robots yeah. out, and then they beat it. That's every single episode, with the exception of maybe five over fifteen years, yeah. twenty years, whatever yeah. it's been now. 
Sometimes there's two monsters. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes they go crazy. <laughs> but otherwise, that's what bothered me. Even oh, as a and kid. the lesson about friendship. Don't forget the lesson about friendship. Well, that's a that's a Department of Education thing. <laughs> but, the, the, or the FCC, really. But beyond that, it was just, that's what bothered me, was just the plot formulated. I can deal with characters, at least in the beginning, being stock archetypes because... That's a quality place to start. You start with an archetype that people can grasp onto quickly, and then you build onto the character from there, which is something I think they yeah. can do. Oh, oh, and I forgot one other character. The the non-color schemed dude who's kind of like the goofy sidekick role, but ends up probably having a bigger role eventually later on anyway. Like the hockey mask guy from the Turtles, who was just kind of their friend, but ended oh, up becoming um, character. See, I was never a big Turtles guy, but that's, um... I know, I know exactly who yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. The dude name. with the hockey mask, and, the, and he would always beat people up with a stick. And I'm like, it's a wooden stick, it's going to shatter. But anyway. <laughs> Editors note, the character whose name we couldn't remember was Casey Jones. Like, yeah, and so, and then the, you know, the redhead, which there's this and that, and they kind of have a thing together, you know, so I, I don't want to straight up say it's turtles, but there's there a lot similarities. of, there's so, a lot of character similarities is my thing. Archetypes, basically. Yeah, yeah, but there are a couple more characters in there. There's not just the four, you know, like I said, the, Doom, that's one the non- team. Yeah, there's two teams, I think. There's more than two teams and they come into play later on, but there's, There's one more episode that I haven't seen. How do you know that they're coming to play later on? Is it in the one more well, episode I haven't they, seen? They were introduced in this episode eight that you watched, but they well, yeah. they have more of a part in a Oh, that is the thing. You can you you know who is valuable as a character and who is not because they are not a black shape. Yeah, well, background characters are just silhouettes kind of in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because, look, this is animated by three people. As far yeah. as I understand it, it's Miles, Carrie, and Monty. It's those three people doing all of the animation in this. Yeah. And doing it fast, I mean... As we record this, 11 episodes are out. A couple of them are a little bit longer, but most run about five to eight minutes. And yeah, uh, yeah. If you, and we should say, if you want to watch it, it's at roosterteeth.com. It's also on YouTube. Yeah, I was having problems where I couldn't get the full screen to work, so that's why I jumped on the YouTube feed. I've never there. had that problem so. on the website, but yeah, I, I watch it there because it comes out a week earlier yeah. at roosterteeth.com. Basically, the world setup is a world similar to Earth, not exactly Earth. Hints at maybe like Earth in the far future after we've fallen or something. Basically all these monsters appeared and humanity fought them for a generation and now they kind of have them subdued but they have schools, kind of Hogwarts type deals where they train young men and women to become hunters and huntresses to fight these monsters which are similar to giant bears and scorpions and wolves and eagles or crow. It was more of a crow, I guess. Yeah, basically every, you know, stuff. Every forest creature that could kill you there's basically an equivalent but so now they have now this world has magic and it has transforming weapons that kind of use that magic and the people can use the magic as well using the weapons as conduits etc which again really outside my wheelhouse yet i enjoyed see that is more of my wheelhouse i love i love creative uh, magic systems and weapons. And this definitely seems to have rules for how things work. Exactly. We haven't and, gotten too far into it. Yeah, it's only been like, what, an hour of content? Maybe? Uh, yeah, probably. Hour, hour and a half. Together. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly touched on it that there's this dust stuff and auras. They've and, kind of, yeah, it's not too heavy and, and kind of the way they've been explaining it frustrates me a little bit. Like, uh, they've explained it in a, oh, this character just talks a little bit too much about this thing that they're doing right now. And like, you know, oh, I'm having this conversation about this. Isn't it so great that Dust does all these things that I'm happening to say right now that is obviously filling you in on the thing that you need to know about for the rest of this episode? Like, you know, it's one of those things that it's not the most creative way of explaining it, but I do like what they're explaining in the kind of the, the systems. That and, and even when they do take those expository asides, they make an effort to make them funny. 
Yeah, an effort to make them funny. Yes, I will say yes. that. I, I wouldn't say I laughed really at anything in the series. You laughed at a couple times. What did I laugh at? You definitely not laughed at one Nora thing. Nora, okay. Nora, all right. <laughs> Nora, <laughs> and I guess... Nora is your chaotic good character. Yes, exactly. No, I would even say chaotic neutral. She's just... Okay, kind of, yeah, chaotic yeah, neutral. Exactly. So, I have a soft spot for chaotic neutral characters. So As like, apparently do I. <laughs> yeah, well, and, all right, so I, I think we've mentioned... My Little Pony and before. I'm not a brony. I don't think we've ever mentioned it on the show before. Okay. so Not, not in, in, in a long way. Maybe just in passing. Yeah. So, My Little Pony. Uh, I have a couple friends who are very big bronies. Hi, Chaney. Chaney, shout out for You're really me. going to admit to this on the podcast. I'm not a brony. I'm not a brony. Oh, oh, I thought you said you were. Okay, oh, sorry. no, no, no. I have a couple friends who are very much bronies, and we kind of had this deal where it was like, all right, we will let you show us some episodes just so that we can say we have tried it, we've opened our minds. Because according to bronies, if you just watch these three episodes or whatever, you'll be an instant fan. Yes. So, I wasn't. I can appreciate it as a show. I didn't hate it. I'm like, okay, this is a show that people watch. But the character that I did like was Pinkie Pie. The the chaotic neutral, loves parties, throws parties, just magically appears and breaks physics all the time character. And that's the character that I tend to like, and Nora is that character. Like, what is it, episode 7 or 8, she comes riding in on a giant demon bear... And just like, oh, that didn't last very long when it died. Oh, no, 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 it was April. She's like, oh, it's broken. It's broken. And then the, the uh, yeah. What was the chaotic evil character from Buffy? Another editor's note, the character we were thinking of was Glory. And I cut out a section where I spoiled a massive part of her storyline. So, you're welcome. More but um, even chaotic good, I also really like Anya. Anya was like my favorite character of, of Buffy after a while because it was just, you know, everything was, everything was funny with that Exactly, character. yeah. Even the episode The Body, she found a way to make funny and heartbreaking at the same time. And and so, yeah, I I tend to prefer chaotic, good, neutral characters. And so, yeah. Chaotic characters are generally pretty funny. Yeah, exactly. They tend to be. Or right after, yeah, the, oh, it broke. And the guy that, loner guy in green, you know, the ninja gun guy was like, don't do that again. And she was like, boop. (laughs) That was actually a different thing, but yeah. Still, like, boop. (laughs) Just boops his nose. I love booping, but anyway, so... <laughs> That's going to be the quote. I love booping. <laughs> I love booping, but anyway. Probably, we'll see. So, I would say she's my favorite character. I also kind of like Goldilocks, Texas Yang. girl. Yang, yellow. Yeah, I can't say what the other name was. Yang Long. Okay, and just that she's kind of like that, too. She's a bit more of the... Hot. She's the not hot like attractive, but it's like she's over it. In other words, like things don't phase her. Exactly. She can, she's she can like find the, them funny, or she can ignore them. Yeah. She's like the we're just doing this thing. She's well, like, yeah. Know, what was the thing? She was like, yeah, that was a thing. Like, like yeah. Right after the giant climactic battle, I was like, yeah, exactly. I like that attitude. So I would say those are my two favorite characters. I don't know about you. Nora's definitely top for me. I also like I like Yang. I like Ruby quite a bit. The actual character of Ruby. She wears on me. I mean, she's she's got the I gotta prove to the world that I'm viable. Uh, thing. It'll be better when she gets over that. Exactly. You know? um, but I also I also kind of like John John Arc. Uh, see, I feel like they're really trying with the character, and I get that, but he just kind of bugs me. He, I should say this: I like him in combination with Weiss. Or Pira. Pira. Pira, Pira. yes, yeah, sorry. Pira. And it's like P-Y-R-R-A-H or something. Just uh, so Juniper could work as a word. <laughs> yeah, because all the teams, you have Team Ruby, you have Team Juniper, Team Cardinal. Basically, the headmaster has nothing better to do than rearrange kids' letters of their first names to make words that sort of work without vowels. Hey, it works for me. Yeah, I guess. But you have the various just different teams. They all have these transforming weapons, which are awesome. So the first one we ever saw, which was in the Ruby trailer, is yeah. the Crescent Rose, which is this 
it turns from a just kind of a back-mounted rectangle into a sniper scythe. It's called the Crescent Rose. Yeah. Giant, like, anime-styled scythe. So four times the size of the character, three times. And it's a sniper rifle yeah. as well that she uses to propel herself by shooting things. Well, everyone propels themselves with everything. Pretty much. Physics don't matter. It's an anime. Physics like, are a little bit on the side. Nora's... <laughs> Nora's... Nora's is your favorite, right? She, yeah, she's got basically the Demo Man's gun from Team Fortress 2 that transforms... A grenade, grenade launcher, yeah. That turns into a giant hammer. A hammer that also has, like, propulsion capabilities, too. By shooting the grenades. Yeah. Which have hearts on them. Yes, exactly. Um, which is, which is, yeah, it's definitely one of my... F- it's a nice little bit of characterization. Exactly. Because she does have hearts everywhere. Is she That, I would say, is up there. I would have to say my favorite would be Yellow's weapon. Um, the shotgun gauntlets. The shotgun gauntlets. Like, I like, for whatever reason, stylistically and look-wise, I like weapons that usually tend to be fist weapons. They're very As, hard to misplace. Well, there's that, definitely. But for whatever reason, just stylistically and look, I like char- uh, when characters have large forearms, and mostly because of weapons or whatever. Like, so you're a huge Popeye fan. Oh, yes, absolutely. No, I hate Popeye, but that's a different <laughs> conversation. So, like, you know, I've talked about War Machine before. I played the elves, and they had these guys called Mittens, and they had these giant <laughs> cybernetic... Uh, that's not their official name, but this is just a nickname. Giant cybernetic forearms that shot magic. And I was like, that... that shot magic. That shot That magic. was a sentence you said. I know. Okay. And it's, it's a literal thing that they did, right? And they would push people and pull people with these giant mittens, right? And so, it sounds really lame, but the point is, I thought they were the coolest looking things in the army, and I really liked them. And so, it's kind of like that in this, or uh, there's a character named V in League of Legends that has giant robotic fists that shoot things, very much like, you know, this. You know, so her weapons are just, they're smaller, but they still wrap around her her hands and shoot shotgun blasts. When she needs to shoot, they come down over her fist so they wouldn't be shooting them, and then, exactly. they, then they fire shotguns. Yeah. Which she also propuls, er, propels, herself. propels herself. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, she propulsizes. She, she propulsizes herself. I would have to say that that is definitely my favorite weapon. And also, we should say that, you know, very anime style. They never run out of bullets, but it's not really bullets as much as... It's m- involved with magic. And it, so. it's, it's your aura, you know, which you could also say it's chi, you know, which is very, you know, anime Similar, style yeah. thing. Of, yeah, doing that. So that's why they never run out of bullets. Uh, I would have to say those are probably my top two. Everyone else's weapon is a little bit more... Simple, I would say. Um, well, Blake's is pretty interesting because it's it's like um, there's a Japanese name for it, which is I'm going to forget. It's called a kusaragama. Yeah, which is it's basically a axe blade on. It's like two yes, small scythes exactly. on a chain. So think like a bladed nunchuck, but it's also a gun. Hey, everyone from Bleach, every Bleach fan, that the the, the uh, lieutenant. Or what is he, number three? I can't remember what his number is. They do it with the 69 on his cheek with three stripes, his weapon. That's basically what we're talking about, but it's also a gun. And um, it's got a sheath for the blade part that becomes a sword in its own. Exactly. Did you ever watch any Bleach? Was that a no. show that... Okay. Bleach, not, a, not an anime guy. I'm, I'm not either, but Bleach is, Bleach is pretty much like the next generation uh, Dragon Ball Z. Just that, that does not sound compelling to me. Well, it, it doesn't to you, but to some people it does. And it's one of those things where instead of everyone has just, you know, like a, a power, it's everyone has a sword, and then the sword has two more forms, and each form is customized to who you are. And so, like, this whole unique weapon system is one of the reasons I like Bleach so much, is that because it's very much the, what does your weapon do, what form does it take, how does it transform, you know... And that whole aspect of it. And so that's a very much Bleach thing, and so that's the aspect of this that I like. And so the characters that have, like, the John guy, 
where, where like, all he has is a very rudimentary sword and sheath, and yes. the sheath becomes a shield. Yeah, so that it, when it gets tired of carrying around, it just turns into a sheath, so he doesn't have to. But it weighs the same. <laughs> you know, so it's like, okay, you're boring, I get it. Like, But Pyrrha's got a sniper rifle that turns into a spear, and she's got a shield. It looks more just like a regular rifle, though. Kind of like a hunting rifle. She uses some pretty accurate shots, though. uh, She does, but she also was able to throw a javelin, like, a mile away. That's right, but so it's a javelin slash gun, or rifle, sniper rifle, whatever. And then she's also got a shield that she can throw Captain America style. Yeah. And she's very much Wonder Woman or Hippolyta. Exactly. She's got a very much like Amazon warrior, very, you know, marksman, skilled in combat kind of thing. Yeah, aspect to her. Weiss has a kind of fencing foil rapier that's also kind of like a lightsaber, but a magic lightsaber because it can change its... You know those pens that have all the different buttons and change the color? It's like that. It's like that, but with magic. Uh, But with with hers, you can probably actually press down more than one at a time and still be able to use it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so she's kind of got a revolver rapier that you know she rotates the magic and uses different things the whole final fantasy gun sword thing is highly drawn upon exactly in a good way though i think Uh, yeah i would say for the most part i think innovative designs there are but there's not a scale i feel like it's either by scale either like you got a sword and a shield or you got giant transforming sniper rifle sight there's not a lot of scale in the in between there i mean i would say that the that the Javelin's kind of in between, size-wise. Uh, yeah. But it, you don't get the impression, at least from these first, the ten episodes you've seen, yeah. or even the eleventh that I've seen, you don't get the impression that bigger is better, if you will. Like, oh, yeah. Even like Ren, who's just got the kind of kind of M5 submachine guns that have blades on the front that he can exactly. use to swing yeah, around. Yeah. They're just as useful as anything else. It's just they're fitted to their personalities. Yeah, but I mean, he's he's the ninja strikey guy. So even in like the episode 8 fight, he kind of gets knocked out and then they kind of finish him. With that. But I think that's also because he's Monty Ohm. That's his voice and who he's modeled on. So he's the guy who's making this. And okay. so in t- instead of turning him into a... OP. Um, well, not just OP, but a Mary Sue or a... a what's the male equivalent? A Harry Stew or something? I don't know what Instead of turning... Well, for listeners who do, instead of turning him into that, he takes himself oh, out so of the Oh, so for all the listeners, we'll explain what steam is, but you won't explain to me what you're talking about. Because it's a literary thing and it's more of a... If you... <laughs> In other words, you need to know Steam to understand that conversation. To understand Mary Sue, you don't need to understand Mary Sue. If you do, great. If you don't, okay. it doesn't change the fact. Okay. Basically, it doesn't turn him into Captain Universe, where he can just come in and go, where he it's good. Pies. Instead, we take him out of the fight completely. Okay, you know that's what I mean? fair. That's fair. Okay. But so just in general, what did, were you, did you like it? Did you not like it? I, I enjoyed it way more than I expected to, and we'll continue to watch it. I will. I will give it more more of a shot, mostly because of you. Um, <laughs> also, I just have a tendency to start things and just stop. Right. But anyway, I will continue for the combat. It's, combat's great. It, combat's great. It's kind of got. We mentioned Buffy before, and I think I mentioned before we started recording. It's it's kind of got a Buffy feel in that. Oh, I'm a normal girl with normal girl problems because I'm fighting all the monsters. You a know, little bit, yeah. Yeah, so it's it's definitely got that. And I liked actually what you mentioned about the, the Harry Potter thing, because that's actually a good point, too. Or Sailor Moon, which is uh, something I have almost no connection to, but I remember it from when I was a kid. Yeah. I remember um, it being a thing. Thankfully, the skirts are a lot longer in the show. So, uh, to an extent. And there's no tuxedo mask, which was the dumbest thing in the world. But anyway, I'm sad how much I know about Sailor Moon. But anyway, point being, I'll continue to give it a shot, but the character development does not interests me in the slightest in this. Yeah. Well, they've only had a few episodes that are short. Hey, that's true. They're, they're getting around to it. It's just, you know. But, I mean, I, they are, but I know there's going to be 
all of those episodes. There's going to be the yellow connects with black. There's going to be the, you know, white connects with, you know, yellow. There's going to be every one of those episodes, and I'm not going to care. That said, they are setting up already a villain. Like they an, are. An they definitely are. Villain. They are definitely setting up, uh, you know, Clockwork Orange as the most And in episode 11, they... which you haven't seen, they, they start setting up some villains within the school as well. Okay. Uh, Team Cardinal specifically, where it's like, oh, they're going to have some competition. So for me, once it starts getting into those rivalries and not just the, we're friends, but we need to figure that out, once they get into the, here's the bad people. Exactly. (laughs) And that's when it will start to get better for me. But yeah, it just... And can we say, Clockwork Orange is definitely the Headmaster's brother, or the same person, like a split personality, split soul. Or his negative, or however they want to spin it. Yeah, we're, we're, We're calling it right now. Yeah. If... If someone was interested in checking out, but doesn't like anime like me, or here's your lukewarm reaction, I'm not saying there's anything oh, yeah. wrong with that, but would you say that they should just watch episode 8 and see what they think? Because for yes. me, I watched this episode 8 the other night, and I was like, you could watch this on its own, and you might be a little bit confused as to who people are, but the action in episode 8, which is like yeah. 12 if minutes you, long or 13 minutes yes, long, is awesome. I would I would even say that. Like, try episode 8. Also, I would say it for fans of Shadow of the Colossus, because that's what yeah. I mentioned. It it was it was the ruins. It was the bird fight. Like it not exactly, but it had a very good similar feel to that. Like I think they did a good job of that. And so I would say for anyone who's skeptical, uh, try episode eight, and then go from there. If that interests you, backtrack, suffer through. I wouldn't even say suffer through. Not just short suffer, episodes, but but just kind of go through. There's them combat in episode quick. one, and there's like almost no combat till episode eight. That said, yeah. episodes two through seven is maybe a half an hour. Exactly. So it won't, it won't take up much of your time, but try it out, see what you think, and just kind of go from there. Because like I said, like I'm a big fan of creative magic systems, creative weapon systems, and you know that th- this definitely has that, and I'm intrigued to see where that develops. So, yeah. Cool. That'd be that. So I think that's all we have to say about Ruby. If you want to check it out, youtube.com. Yeah. Uh, just search for Ruby, R-W-B-Y or roosterteeth.com. It should be on the front page or just click the video button. And yeah. It's right there. Uh, and also, let us know what you think because I'm really interested to see what other people will think about this one too, especially our listeners because we don't hear enough from you. I want, where, <laughs> where you been? I miss you. I miss you. All right. That's all I got. So. All right, so this has been Jersey Shore. I'm Jordan from Jersey. I'm Pierce from Jersey. Have a good week, everybody. All right, later. Thanks for listening to Jersey Shore. You can contact us at jordan at legionofdudes.com. That's J-O-R-D-A-N at legionofdudes.com. Or follow me on Twitter at JordanFRMJersey. Jersey.